Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Space Game Junkie Podcast. I, as always, am your co-host, Brian, and joining me, as always, is your co-host, Jim. Hi-de-ho. And your co-host, Hunter. Spaceship! <laughs> that movie never gets old. It never... I've probably watched it about 20 Extra. times. Yeah. Bruce Wayne, he sounds like a cool guy. Who's that? <laughs> I think my favorite thing, though, is business, business, business. Numbers. Is this working? Um, yeah. I also, also like the, the bit, too, where it's um, it, like Han Solo and the Millennium Falcon show up. And it's like, oh, I'm going to go hang out with these cool guys. We've got Bob oh, he's got a He's got a cape. Yeah, let's hang out with this guy. He looks like a cool guy. <laughs> All right, uh, folks, we <coughs> excuse me. We do have a guest this evening joining us from a city in Sweden that I can't say the name of. Uh, Andreas Suika. Did I say your last name right? I should have asked you before. Suika? Yeah, that's, that's, that's fine. That's fine. Okay. Uh, the creative director at Daedalic De- De- Entertainment Studio West, which originates in Germany, and the, he is working... His team is working on a Starflight-inspired game called The Long Journey Home. Welcome. Thank you. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're glad to have you. Before we jump into the game, we've been trying this new format, uh, you guys, and we like how it gives us a little bit of structure, but we're fiddling with it. The news didn't really seem to work, so we're going to try and talk about for a minute before we jump into our main topic what games we've been playing, because that seems to work on other podcasts. And it's something we can just go through real quick. You know, like, what are we playing besides the game we're talking about? Blah, blah, blah. So we're going to try it, see how we like it, maybe for an episode or two. If you have any suggestions or complaints or whatever, please don't hesitate to leave something in the comments or write us. So, and Andreas, since you're our guest. Send your questions in to P.O. Box. (laughs) P.O. Box 9999, uh, Butte, Montana. Uh... I don't know if this is good. Um, so, Andreas, what have you been playing lately? Uh, yeah, so I, I'm a little bit currently on a kind of retro trip. So I played Quest of Glory 3 yesterday evening. Um, but that doesn't really count. So actually, I, I played of co- the Wait, Witness. Of, of course it counts. Just any game. <laughs> it doesn't have to be a space game. Any game. So, quest, of course, Quest for Glory 3 counts. Yeah, and um, just because our author we are working together was, was mentioning it in Twitter, and I said, oh, I like that game. So uh, I looked it up, and then suddenly I found myself uh, buying it at uh, good old games. Um, yeah, but but that's one, and, and The Witness is another one um, uh, I just played. And uh, what else? Heroes of the Storm a lot. Uh, sadly, it takes too much of my time currently. <laughs> Yeah, but but that's that's basically what I'm I'm currently playing. What's Heroes of the Storm? Is that like a mobile game? Heroes of the Storm, yeah, that's a big Blizzard uh, MOBA uh, MOBA game. It's a it's a MOBA game. Yeah, yeah, oh. it's, it's like it's like Dota, League of Legends, but Blizzard made it, so it's got all the Warcraft characters and whatnot in it. Yeah, right. and it's made for old men like me, so uh, it's not so complicated with thousands of items, etc. So you can you can play it if you are not into. You don't have to go too deep into it, and it's a little bit more kind of um, 
um, it, it forces more the team play um, because uh, you share uh, experience, for example. So you don't don't do it for just yourself and hate each other for looting the wrong stuff, etc. That sounds pretty great, uh, Jim. What have you been playing lately? Um, I've been messing mainly with the elite beta, which I'm kind of liking. And uh, I, I don't I don't, don't want to cause anybody to hyperventilate or anything, but it's it's pretty good. I'm right there with you. I am I am totally right there with you. It's it's pleasantly surprising. Hunter, yep. what about you? Oh, sorry, Jim, were you done? I'm sorry. Oh, uh, it, well, just basically that, and I've been messing around with that uh, that IL two Stalingrad. So it, that's pretty interesting, and I did not realize it had a full blown tank stimulator in it. And I discovered wait, that it has day. a wait, it has a full blown yeah. tank. What? Yep, I was driving a, a T thirty four around. And it's like, you know, it's like having a dedicated tank sim that they put in there. It's pretty crazy. Oh, I'm definitely keeping an eye for that now because I love tank sims. I love a good tank sim. Yeah, and I I picked it up on uh, G2A.com. It's one of those Steam Key reseller places, and it was like ten bucks. Shady gray 50. market. Shady gray market. Yeah, but cheap. So okay. <laughs> it's true. Hunter, what are you playing? Well, I've been playing a good bit of Space Engineers with one of our community members, Alex. Uh, that's been quite a bit of fun, and uh, we've been building bases and ships and all kinds of cool stuff in a survival server. And uh, most recently, I've been checking out Star Trek Online's like updates, and boy howdy, have they updated. Yeah, oh, so that's you, something I saw, I'm interested in. So I uh, I saw that yesterday, and I was so close to sign in, and I'm not so sure if it's a good one or it's not. Um, it's not the with with the updates. The space combat stuff is definitely where this game shines. Like boy howdy, yeah, it's it's definitely much much better. Whenever it first came out, it was not so great at all. Um, but they've they've done a ton of updating to it and, and stuff. I, I think about the time that they put the Romulans in is when it started to turn around and become a fun game again. I still don't like the ground stuff, but it's at least tolerable now. But, but spaceship but it, combat is just like in Starfleet battles. So okay, cool. Yeah. Because I what I what I read so far is that it's quite repetitive. Uh, if you play a little bit further, is it true or is it? Uh... Um, there can be like any MMO or repetitive grind to it, sure. But um, for the most part, I have found that as long as I stay in my ship, like doing the spaceship stuff, I'm going to enjoy myself. Okay, cool. That's probably what's really important because I hated the ground stuff when last time I tried Star Trek Online. Oh, it was so awful! Like you guys had a, two great first-person shooters with Elite Force. You couldn't have taken 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 <laughs> taken something from that. That that is what this game does need. Is uh, I wish that the the ground combat stuff was. Um, I wish it was more more like that. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But I mean, like I said, the space stuff's really cool, and I kind of like the uh, the duty roster stuff and like uh, taking taking charge of your, your crew and sending them on away missions and stuff like that. It's kind of got this nice little mini game inside of it. And it kind of feels very, very much like you're in that like Star Trek world. Like I'm the captain, I'm doing stuff. And so 
Oh, I have uh, just in that moment. I ju- I have another game I played last week, which I really enjoyed, but it's a, also an old one. It's uh, the Star Trek Twenty Fifth uh, Anniversary Edition. Oh well, that's you know that's that's one of the end all be alls of Star Trek original series based games. I mean, it does the the only time it gets better than that is maybe Judgment Rights, maybe. <laughs> Yeah, I still loved it, and I I still can remember a lot of the uh, the missions. So the mission where you you meet a ship, and then you have to find uh, the shield code in your computer to send it, so they lower your shield, and you can beam there. Oh, uh, I mean, oh I God. really played that something right. like fifteen years ago, and I still could remember that kind of stuff. That's really cool. I do remember that. That was really that was like Wrath of Khan type stuff. That was really I remember that. That was great. That whole game or, was great. Or finding the Klingon hand on one of the planets and then figuring out that the Klingons are just fake and just robots that are running around there. Oh god, the Klingon hand. Oh god, the memories. Flooding back. Flooding I haven't played that game yeah. <laughs> since it came out. I played it once and I was done. And I haven't played it since. I'm yeah, but sure. you it it really didn't lose so much of its appeal when you play it now. I mean, there are some some games that age very badly, but that one aged very good. I think the games that age badly, if I may say, are like early generation 3D games. Those are the ones that I think age the worst. But like the 2D games, I don't think they really lose much over time. You know what I mean? That's why I think like games like 25th Anniversary probably still hold up well. Like wannabe 3D or early 3D accelerated games, just I don't know, don't look great these days. Yeah, yeah, that's what I had was when I when I bought Quest for Glory uh, yesterday. I was going to two, three, four, and five, just roughly starting and taking the look at the first fi- five minutes because I was searching for a particular one and I couldn't remember which one. And actually, the fifth one was the first with 3D graphics. It was still pre-rendered, but it was so awful <laughs> compared oh, with, with the, two, the 2D stuff. It was really like it. It really looked absolutely worse. Um, and uh, the third one was 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 the one I was searching for. And, and it still had some beautiful graphic, even if it's pixel art and old. And what, yeah, still enjoyable. Yeah, sometimes those old games, man, we still love them. They still hold up. Uh, I guess for me, uh, besides obviously Elite and Space Pirates and Zombies Two, which are have videos on the YouTube channel, uh, I've been playing Neon Chrome, the uh, the next twin stick roguey shooter thing from the folks that made Crimson Land, and. As soon as I saw that the folks that made Crimson Land made a new game, I bought it immediately because I love Crimson Land. It's really good. It's really hard. It's really, really hard. The only downside to it is it's local co-op only, which is just head-scratching because this game like is begging for multiplayer. Begging yeah, that, for it. That's something that kind of weirds me out is there are several games that are like that where it's just like, oh, local co-op only. And yeah. I mean, I kind of get it. Network code can't be the easiest thing in the world. I kind of get it. But, I mean, at the same time, it's like this game is dying for multiple players, dying for it. And and to go local only is really just limiting. And I'm sure there are people who haven't bought it because it's local only, which is just sad. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah uh, did you pick up Kill to Collect? Which is oh, yeah. Yeah. We were, a few of us I, were playing that this weekend. It's yeah, fun. I, I checked it out and did not like it. 
Oh, it's really yeah. tough at first because I kept dying, dying, dying at first. And well, I, I was expecting it was going to be like shooting things, Smash TV style, but instead it's all melee combat, and it just that didn't do it for me. Yeah, it definitely focuses more on the melee. There is like a shooter character, but the shooting in the game is is not easy right, for a he's twin got stick a shotgun shooter. And it goes about as far as a punch, so yeah, it's not it's, really. Yeah, and the, and the aiming is, like you'd think with a twin-stick shooter, the aiming would be, you'd want to make that tight. And the aiming is just like, it's just what, the aiming is ridiculous when you're trying to shoot something. And I'll tell you so, what I've been having a blast with is running with rifles. I had no idea yeah. that it was that good. And it went on sale like half off over the weekend, and I grabbed it and spent probably far too many hours playing that thing. The last game I will mention that's fun and does have co-op is Dead Effect 2. Uh, the first time I played it, it comes with three characters. One is a sword and arrow guy. One is a machine gun guy. And one is a shotgun girl. And so I did the sword guy thing, and that's cool. And I was like, this is terrible. But then I did the machine gun guy, and I'm like, this is amazing. Uh, and apparently you can do every just about everything co-op. Plus Which game is this? Dead Effect 2. Oh, okay. And yeah, I did get that. It's, I have it. We should play it at some point. It's yep. silly fun. It's silly fun. So many zombies. So and I don't even like zombie games, and I love this one. Love oh, yeah. it. Speaking of speaking of zombies in space, the space pirates and zombies too. To yeah, that came out today. And guys, space pirates and zombies too is the real freaking deal. We're gonna have them on the podcast in uh, uh, three weeks. No, four weeks. We're gonna have them in f- a month. <laughs> Two, three, yeah. four, eight. No, we're gonna have them on June fourteenth. I'm looking. At. Yeah, it's like it's like if the original Star, if the original Space Pirates and Zombies, and Starpoint Gemini two got together and had a baby. Mm-hmm. That's what this is. Mm-hmm. And, plus, and a little bit of um, uh, reassembly. In there plus too. a little bit of four X. If you you can start a faction and take over take over uh, sectors and stuff. And be and be in, be your own faction, and so a little bit of four X in there too. It's crazy, but it's good. It's good yeah, people. That game's got a lot of things going on, and but it's still like can all be played with a gamepad or just a few keys. It's just so the UI is great. Um, well, now anyway, I have to put it in my list. But anyway, uh, we are here. Speaking of space games, to talk about the long journey home, which sadly we can't play yet. We 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 begged. We pleaded. We were told no. We just got to be. So we're going on a video that you can see on the stream here, uh, which is a 20-some minute video of both space and uh, planetary stuff. And I got to say, man, watching this video made me even more mad at you, Andreas, because I want to play it even more now. And I'm just <laughs> mad that I can't because yeah, how, I'm watching how long? this. Until the, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, good question. Good question. How long? When can we play it? Uh-uh. Uh, how long until you can play, or what, what was the question? Yeah, how long until we can get it into our pause? Like how long yeah, until are, we can get? Are you going to put it out? Okay, are you we, gonna put we it are early access for, or full release? No, or what? no, no, we do full release. Uh, that's currently the plan. Um, uh, because uh, I'm not so sure if, if I mean early access is quite quite kind of hard, um, and you you get very often you don't get. Um, um, perception you you want to um, um, so we uh, we are currently saying okay we do it old school we we finish the game and bring it out and do something like a small closed beta up front uh, mm-hmm. with with uh, f- friends and extended <laughs> family or whatsoever 
Um, so, but we are aiming for release for PC for later this year. Oh wow! Yeah. Oh, later this year, and that—that's—it's interesting because a lot of developers are going the early access route. So, it seems—I hate to use this word—but it seems almost quaint to just go for full release right off the bat anymore. Yeah, you know I, what I think mean? we are. We are pretty old school in many, many ways. We are we are not multiplayer. We are not free-to-play. We are doing a single-player experience. So actually, we do ex- exactly what everybody who's having money and invest in games <laughs> say you shouldn't do. So, um, yeah, we have the feeling we're going against the wave a lot. Also, with the game itself, it's... it's um, um, as said, it's it's highly inspired by uh, Starflight and Star Control Two. That, basically, that's why I want to play it now. Damn it, because I'm watching. I want the first thing you see in the video, friends, is the lander part, and it's not Starflight esque, really. It's more like Defender slash Lunar Lander esque, which is yeah, awesome. <laughs> which is awesome in its own way. You know, I, I'm like ooh. Um... I always make the joke that that as we are, some of us are quite older people, so we do asteroids plus lunar landers. That's basically what we do. With a little bit talking with aliens. <laughs> now, yeah, actually, I've, it's more. It's it really. It's really like. I mean, the game. The game itself. Um, the the the. the, the also, I'm really proud that our working title is, is is now the official name because we started with the idea. Of um, actually, of of finding a motivation we can give to the player that's interesting. Like um, when you take a look on on, on Steam and so ever whatsoever, so you find a lot of survival games. Um, and I was wondering why survival games are so big. And I think one reason is everybody, every human being, understand what survival means. Um, like you directly get it. And then if someone is in addition giving you a, a scenario or a setting. Then you actually have already in your in your mind to kind of set what you can do, like in in Minecraft, uh, someone is telling you that you can or you you figure out you can get blocks and put blocks and then it's getting night and there are uh, zombies and skeletons coming and everybody is digging in without having a tutorial or a big story or whatsoever explaining that. So I think survival is something that that worked very very well because. We still have it in our in our uh, core, even if we don't go out in the woods anymore. Um, and I was wondering what what else can be there. And um, uh, so, getting lost and finding your way home is uh, something I found it's also strong. And and there we started actually. Um, uh, so that's in, where the name came from: the long journey home. So um, yeah, that's one of the pillars, and then we were also thinking about um, other uh, other stuff like getting getting um, lost in translation, for example. Um, so we had the first prototype where we tried how how can we make communication um, interesting, and we had something where you can put words together. Does someone of you? It's also a space game. Does someone of you know Captain Blood? Say again. No, Captain, Captain Blood. Blood? Oh, Captain yeah, Blood. Yeah, I played that's a that. really old Cygnosis that's game. old, old. Yeah, I played that so many years ago. I barely remember yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, that's that. But they had, um, uh, you were communicating with the aliens with this icon, uh, with, with icons mainly, with, with picture crumbs, pic- pictograms, with pictures. Oh, and you yeah. put them together and then they were reacting and sometimes they do understand and sometimes they don't. And coming a little bit from that angle, we were wondering that we didn't want to have um, communicating um, like uh, just multiple choice. 
Um, so we were testing a little bit with a prototype where you put words together instead of pictures. Um, and that was quite hilarious, actually, because the people started to interpret much more into the dialogue than there were. So um, in our first prototype, you, you, you had a lot of something like 40 words, and then you could make sentences out of that, and you could say something like, me, friend, you, trade, question mark, and then, and then they were reacting on that. And sometimes they were reacting very, 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 very bad. We just had a, a, a very dumb parser behind that. And when, you, when it found some matching words, it was answering. But as it was so rough and as the people who, who, who we tested that was, was friends and uh, with colleagues and uh, when they tested it out they, as said they, they interpreted much more in that so someone was asking uh, one of the aliens we had in there um, about a trait and then he answered I'm a male tripler or whatsoever um, and uh, so he, he tried to sell him females or ask where the females are and uh, so in his head there were much more story behind that and we really loved that part so together with uh, having this feeling lost and, and trying to get home plus co interesting communication and clash of cultures which don't understand each other um, uh, that's where we, where we actually started. And, um, yeah. And then, then the desire to make a star controllers kind of game, because, um, I personally think nobody did that anymore as uh, this kind of space opera games. They, they, there are a lot of pilot games out there and there are a lot of, um, um, for X games out there, but this kind of um, this kind of feeling you and your crew and and you're alone in the universe, etc. And having a lot of of little this little story pieces, uh, I didn't see that anymore. And I I, uh, I thought there's still there's still a market for that. Um, yeah, and that that's that's where we started. Well, so the, the, the one alien showed up, and the first thing out of his mouth is where are the women at, right? So it's my kind of guy. <laughs> yeah, that's I'm... what I thought. You're interpreting stuff in it, uh, and I mean that, that's that's uh, that's also a beauty I found in Starflight that you you have this big universe and you're flying around and you have story bits and but you have also the simulation and so you complete a lot of the stuff in your head, um, which is much more than than there is actually in the game. Um, yeah and and, yeah. and 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 I think if you don't do it currently in our days we are so much into doing the stuff super precise like uh, uh star citizen for example they do the ship modeling and everything is super super cool and they put a lot of effort in in, in doing that so it's getting more cineastic um and more concrete but the old games I think had some beauty uh, because they left some open space for your mind to fill it, and then it felt much, much. Uh, it felt much more like like it's yours. You know what I want to say? I mean, yeah. I'm not native English, so I, <laughs> I no, try my you, best. But yeah, but it's but it's basically your imagination can fill in the gaps and yeah. probably have a better story. Well, that's that's like a lot of uh, of suspense movies are better than uh, tradition, you know, like the new horror movies because the horror movies, it's like they show you the monster right away and the older suspense movies, it's more like you can just imagine what it might be. And, you know, so that that's worse because we can always think of something worse than what they can put on the screen. Yeah. So, that's why yeah. I like yeah. old movies like jaws and alien are still so effective because you barely saw 
you know, the, 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 the thing until like the very end. And so it was which like, which was also yeah. like the new Godzilla movie. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't see it. It was unfortunate. Yes. They, uh, they've saved Godzilla for the very end of the movie, but, <laughs> um, cause that, and, and like you go see King Kong, right. And it's just like, show me the monkey. Come on. Don't make me wait three hours to see the monkey. I'm, I'm here to see King Kong. But it, but in like a, an old Vincent Price horror movie or something, then, you know, the, the special effects were, were not great. So you don't show a lot, you know, you just, you hint at it. Like a, I, I remember, I think it was 13 ghosts. I saw it when I was a little kid and I just remember they had like a, like a skeleton that was, uh, it, it was somebody that was dressed in, in like a ghost suit and they obviously had like a, like a skateboard on the floor and they were just pulling them along, but they weren't walking. It was just like they were floating, but all that was off camera, right? And it just looked super creepy and it was just like two seconds of film and it's, well, you know, 40 some years later, I still remember that. Um, and it's, uh, it's tough to do that in a modern movie. Like anything that, you know, I'm looking at it and I'm, I'm deciding whether the CG is cool or not. And yeah, the old practical effects where you, where you couldn't get away with showing the whole thing was probably better for that reason. But see, the, this is a thing though, like with No Man's Sky coming out in a month and I'm not getting, I'm not getting on the hype train for that because Me I, I don't want to be disappointed. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, because everybody has said that that game's going to just, oh, it's, it's all things to everybody. The, the thing that disappoints me is, uh, that I know that it's full of other people and I'm never going to see them. That's a little frustrating, but it's full of other um, people that you know and you're never going to see them. Right. <laughs> that's, that's a problem. Um, and the way that they solved that in, uh, in Starbound. Right, because it's exactly the same. Everybody is on a random map. You'd never see each other's spaceship, but if you friend me in the game, I can teleport to your ship. Okay, great. You know that, that's all I needed. I don't care where you are on the map as long as I can teleport over there and play with you. Um, but the, the thing that that uh, where you guys were talking about, like talking and icons and stuff, is in some of the developer videos that he's been showing about that. They go down to a planet. And there's an alien standing there, and he tries to talk to him, and the alien is just gibberish, right? And then, uh, like, the more that you hang out with them, they'll actually teach you a word. So you might have, like, a whole sentence of gibberish, and then there's one word in the middle that you actually understood. And as you meet more of them and, and get friendlier with them, you, you absorb more of the language. So by after a little while, you can kind of have a broken conversation with them. So it, it just kind of reminds me of that, you know, that whole captain blood thing and and that kind of deal yeah but i'm 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 i also belong to i'm also on the side of the people that are curious too i mean it comes out next month and we don't know a lot about some of the things and i'm wondering why i mean it's a it's a exploration game and i don't want to tease a lot but at the other side i want to understand a little bit the game mechanics and especially the uh, the alien language was also something when I saw that in the last video um, they made, uh, I was a little bit curious because in, in that case, they come a little bit closer to us. Um, but um, um, I, I see also from what I have seen so far, I have the feeling for us it's a big differentiation. So we are really like um, behind the story and have all these little story pieces um, mm. and having... Um, for us, the core is really around the game mechanics and using the procedural generation and the 
um, and all that um, depending on, on the game mechanics and having um, a great experience with I'm meeting this alien I, I try to get to know it um, and it's in, in different ways like not only communication also with how do I react and how do I not cause a diplomacy incident by, by saying the wrong word or showing the wrong wrong stuff and and having all this kind of, of story things so um, yeah and, and when it comes to when it comes to um, No Man's Sky, I'm still curious what how, how it really will will play like. So right. um, I I hope for them. I mean, they have a lot of pressure actually, um, um, because uh, yeah, they they are also a small team, and um, I can only I can only try to imagine what it means to have this kind of pressure with, with Sony in the background and with everybody oh, interpreting yeah. a lot. So the only thing I'm wondering is why they don't play with more open uh, hands and, and t- open cards and say, okay, that's what we do. That's what you do. That's what you do. It's still that we, we still have one month before we still have to interpretate um, yeah. what it might be. And, and well, I, I've noticed you wondering a bit. I've noticed every single one of his demos is given on the same planet and he never, you know, he'll leave the planet, but then next time he does a demo, he goes right back and he doesn't go to a second planet and say, well, here's, you know, here's a planet it just randomly made right now. I have no idea what's here. He, he's got it very tightly scripted where he's showing things. Um, but it, it was interesting though. He, he let uh, Anthony Carboni play it and Anthony was just like, cool, can I kill that? And he whipped out the gun and just started like killing everything. And, uh, then the the of course the sentinels got a little upset with him and and stuff but yeah but that but that game it's like you're you're not really the first person there or whatever because you go there and it's like oh there's already buildings and people you know I'm I don't feel like I'm really discovering this or or whatever but yeah it's it, interesting is it, if it if it turns out half as good as like Skyrim was as far as just wandering around exploring and because that's how I play Skyrim. I, sometimes I don't even do the story. I'll just wander around and just see what you bump into because there's so much stuff on that. You map. find the I've, best shit that way. Sorry. You find yeah. the best stuff that way. Oh yeah. Totally yep. find such amazing stuff. Just wander. I swear. I found like an abandoned uh, like mill near the top of the map and like it was one of the most crushing stories this little mini quest that took you to its basement was like one of the most crushing stories i've seen in any game yeah and, and it's, it's not just, part yeah, of any is, main quest is, you just but this just is all sorts stuff this is all sorts stuff that's completely different from generated stuff so i mean that's that's something why we uh, why we take our time and why we had so much prototypes because i really know I mean, it's one thing to generate something that looks beautiful. That's that's. I wouldn't say that's easy, but that's um, that's the more obvious part. But the more the challenging part is to fill it with life and to make it actually interesting. Because um, if you do it completely random, um, then you have super boring uh, quests happening, for example, and not the exciting one. Or if you have uh, uh, exciting one, exciting one, exciting one after each other, then then it just feels wrong. So to have, um, uh, we spend a lot of time. I mean, we actually we we would split up making our game in two parts. First one is generating the carpet. We call it like um, the galaxy is uh, connecting the galaxies. I can talk about that when we maybe see that in the in the video. Then you get a little bit more context. 
Um, so how do you end up across the galaxy from home? Is that so? The, the 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 plot is you do the first light jump of mankind. Um, at the beginning of the game, you pick your ship and your lander, and um, we have ten crew members who have real personality, um, and you know only you know them only by one sentence at the beginning. So there is uh, Nikolai Lebendev, for example, is an older guy. He's Russian. He uh, uh, he's one of the researchers who invented the, the jump drive. Uh, or there's Zoe. She's uh, she's uh, an Australian blogger, science blogger. You can you can pick her. So you start like a NASA. We call it International Aeronautic and Space Agency. So IASA is uh, <laughs> how we call that. Um, and and you 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 pick four out of ten, and then you make the the first light jump, and you enter a code, which is a seed which generates a galaxy. So you can tell your friend, um, I played this name of galaxy, and he can recreate that and and play the same, but maybe with different characters. So do the and characters that, interact with each other depending on what mix you get? Like some people might not like each other. Yeah, exactly. I mean, when you see it in the video, sometimes when you fly in star flights, they are discussing even with each other. Um, but the main thing they do is um, everything you can find in the game, they can react on that. They either give you hints or they can even use it. So if you have someone who is like the researcher and you find a device, then he might be able to decipher something and you get an information. I think in the video, I, I find an ancient carving and he's able to um, identify that something about a temple on it and that st starts a, a quest. So currently the video is running and you see on the top left the Tomb Raider quest, uh, which which is started because he found he found something on the artifact. I did Where like have... that. Okay, Sorry? I was going to say, I liked how that quest started. It felt very natural. Like yeah, ra Rather we... than going to a quest giver, like with an exclamation point over there. Oh, head. yeah, that's... That's actually one one of the things we we try to do in in many ways that we um, uh, our quests are you you can imagine them like like little Lego bricks so we can stitch them together you can find them everywhere so it's like um, like this ancient carving you can find and if you have the researcher on board then he finds something in it and starts a quest or you could find the ancient carving and go to an alien and show it and then this alien say oh yeah that's from this area and we heard about a temple and then this also starts a quest or you shoot someone down and then you find the ancient carving and and then then uh, you have this ancient carving and you can um uh, each time you find something, you, you very often get it also in your list of words, so you can discuss about that, um, and then you can show it to aliens. But if you, um, it's not wise to show everything to everybody. So you have one of the goals of the game is to get to know these different cultures. So I mean, it's it's a rook like, um, not to the extent that it's super hard, it's uh, or or super random, and suddenly you are dead, but to the extent that you have permadeath and that you. Um, uh, so, so that your decision decisions really matter, um, and also to the extent that if you if you um, if you begin to play through and try to figure out where Earth is and try to get home, um, you learn the crew better and you learn the aliens better. And the next time you play the game again, um, you have some advantage because you know a little bit how they react. Um, 
and uh, so yeah if you if you show um, maybe not the ancient carving but if you show something to a race which is disgusting for them they stop communicating or even uh, attack you because that's the most awful thing you could do so we we try to have this kind of humor that that star control had um yeah, so everything is a little bit connected, and it's not like we have these three big plots in the game. I mean, I think it's also important to mention, as I said, you can enter a, a seat, uh, a code, um, and that generates a galaxy, and we don't pick all the time all aliens we have done. So they are not all aliens in each run, and they have connection to each other, they like each other, they hate each other, um, etc. So... Um, yeah, so each game is a little bit different depending on who who you meet, um, and yeah, so you you try to 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 learn that and and try to to figure out um, how to deal with them. One thing I got to say I liked because one thing about um, Starflight especially it had a very simple interface. There were movement keys, and there were keys you used to interact with things, which is mostly like the 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 enter key. And I'm looking. I've been looking at the video, and uh, it's pretty. It looks entirely with a gamepad, but there are only a few buttons, and they're consistent and seamless throughout the gameplay, which is which is really nice. I have to say, how much work has gone into the uh, UI to make it that uh, that uh, consistent, streamlined experience that you get with like Star Control Two and Starflight, where the interfaces were fairly simple. <laughs> oh, first of all, thank you. <laughs> that makes me really happy because I think we still have a lot to do there. <laughs> um, we uh, actually we we started as a really really small team. Like we were two, and then we were four for a year, and then we were eight. So we did the whole game with eight people, plus plus two external ones. So one of my friends is doing the music. He's he's uh, uh, Kai Rosenkranz. He made the music for Gothic, but I don't know if it's so well known outside of Germany. Um, oh yeah, yeah, we know, we know Gothic. Gothic. Yeah, we know Gothic. Oh, okay, yeah, sure. Okay, cool. So he he did music for that, and awesome. um, our our author is Richard Gobbett. He's uh, he's uh, from the UK. He's writing for Rock Paper Shotgun, but he also did uh, write for Sunless Sea. Um, actually, I, when I was searching for an author, it's a funny story. I I um, um I contacted the the guys from Faster Than Light from FTL. And I said, okay, you have really interactive text. We are searching someone who has, is able to write interactive text and not just like big prosa, long words. We wanted to have this kind of really small interactive pieces. Um, and uh, yeah, he, he hadn't time, but uh, he um, he gave me um, uh, the contact of uh, Alexis of Fail Better Games. I did Thunless Sea. Um, and, uh, yeah, over that, I get to Richard and I wrote an email to Richard and said, okay, we want to do this kind of star controlish kind of game and starflight and, um, like more like fifth element and, uh, like, uh, guardians of the galaxy kind of universe. And he answered me with a big list of references, which I all have, but I, I don't mention them because not many people know them like Farscape. It's one of my f- most favorite oh, TV shows. Me too, dude. I love Farscape. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I really think that's one of the most underrated uh, uh, sci- sci-fi shows. It was super, super good. Um, yeah, I love everything Jim Henson has done. So and and the alien design and all that is, is so so perfect in that uh, in that one. And, have you um, have you ever seen 
um, they had a, a movie with Michael Jackson in it. It was like a short that they showed at, at Disney World. It was called Captain EO. And it's out on YouTube now. I mean, it's it's forever old. It's from like 1980-something, 82, 83. Um, but it, if you've seen that, it actually has a lot of the Jim Henson alien puppets that would later be in Farscape. Oh, I didn't know that. I have to check that. Yeah, so what else is interesting about it is it, it's also – it predates, of course, like Star Trek Next Generation and that. Um, and it's got – Angelica Houston is in it. And she plays wait, 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 like the, wait, what? the evil what? queen. Yeah, you haven't seen this. So she no. plays she plays the evil queen of of the monsters, right? And she is she looks like Giger's alien, except that she comes down from the ceiling on on hoses. And she, it, dude, it's the Borg queen, <laughs> right? It's exactly that scene, where, except that she looks kind of Gigery instead of like the Borg chick, and. But they actually like, and she's a you know like a torso like that, and then uh, they have guys that are like machine men that are in cubicles in the wall, and they light up, and then the the you know the, her soldiers step out, and they are bored, and you know so then like seeing, and I had never seen this when you know because I I was like twelve at the time, and we didn't go to Disney World or anything, but whenever I went to Disney last year in February, they they were doing like a, a you know, they brought it back out and they were showing it like limited time. We're going to put this back. And I saw the thing and I was just, I was sitting there just with my mouth open, like, Oh my God, now, now I understand all the sci-fi that happened in the eighties came out of this. And, you know, like out of the eighties and nineties, it, it was like all that stuff was influenced by Captain EO. It's wild. Anyway, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a link to it. It's up on YouTube. Oh yeah, please, please, please. It just blew my mind, like seeing the Borg and the Borg Queen, and there's so much stuff that, and it, of course, it borrowed from all the sci-fi that came before it, and then the things that it turned that into, then throughout the '90s, you just see it interspersed everywhere, and uh, yeah, and and some of those people, of course, went on to work on that, and George Lucas was involved in it, and uh, um, Spielberg was involved in it, and Jim Henson. And and there's also wow, cool. some stuff that was in Star Wars Episode One that's in it, and it's just like, oh god. And the and the Max Rebo band and everything, the stuff that they wedged into the special editions of Star Wars is in this, and it, it, it's just like 15 minutes of the most densely packed everything in sci-fi in this thing. And and it was, I'm sure if I'd have seen it at the time, you know, I'd have been like, wow, this is crap. But being able to look back and see everything that got taken from it, it, it that made it amazing. Yeah, the 80s had so much great sci-fi, didn't it? Like Crawl and Explorers and Last Starfighter and I guess Captain EO and mm. so much other good sci-fi. Journeyman and... Super bus. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Do you remember? I, I think Far Farscape was a little bit later. It's really from 2000. That was like, um, that was 2000s. Yeah. Yeah, totally. But yeah, but I, I, I really, I really, we appreciate it so high, highly. We have some, actually we have some, some homage on, on some places. Uh, which you can see, especially the teaser, for example, we, we made the teaser and we had the, 
luck to uh, record with David Hater, who's his voice of uh, Solid Snake. And uh, I sn- actually I-, I sneaked into a recording for other game, and <laughs> we we made our some sentences for for the teaser. And at the end, uh, in the teaser, we say all the wonders and um, um, all, all the wonders and dangers we have seen. So actually, this is really from the fourth season of uh, of Farscape. Um, yeah, but we couldn't yeah. resist. What were we gonna say, Hunter? No, I was agreeing with him. That that's what that's from. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so we, we this is this is somehow the heritage. This this game has a little bit like like Starflight when it comes more to the game mechanics. Oh, did by, by the way, did you know that the guys who did Starflight uh, worked on the first Mass Effect? Did you know that? Well, they worked on the first what? Mass Effect. Wait, um, what? I didn't know that. Well, that would explain the Mako now, wouldn't it? Exactly. So, I mean, in the first, uh, you could land on planets and harvest for resources, and I, th- I think it came a little bit from that. So, um, I, I was researching a little bit about these people, like like from Star Control, Paul uh, Reich and um, uh, um, Fred. Uh, what was his name? Fred Port. Um, uh, they did Star Control, and and the Starflight guys. Um, some of them were were in the core team at the beginning, at least um, for for Mass Effect, which I find really really interesting. I didn't know that. Wow, I might have to give Mass Effect another try because I am probably one of the biggest Starflight fans you will find. And uh, damn, I didn't know that. Now I have to. Yeah, dude, Mass especially like Mass Effect Two. Holy crap! Uh, okay. Should I just jump into Mass Effect 2, you guys? Should I just do that? You could. Mass Effect 1 is not a bad game, but it's got some tedious stuff to it. Um, but, you know, the the whole time that I was playing it, though, I was I was kind of thinking, like, well, wouldn't it be cool if they, if they didn't have me going down this story the way it is, but I could just go wherever the heck I wanted to go? And, you know, more like a Starflight kind of game. Right, where I would just like encounter people and do what I want, but there, but that game's got like a super strong narrative to it, so they kind of have to put you on rails a little bit. I mean, they, uh, they make you feel like you got freedom, but it all funnels into where they want you to go. Yeah, but but this is, this is really the challenge. I mean, on on the one side, you want to have a good authored uh, content so that you really have the feeling you're experiencing the story and not just a lifeless or a totally randomly generated thing um and but on the other side you want to have the you want to have the freedom i mean that's exactly the kind of um balance we we tried with our game to have um to have this kind of carpet where we have first generated a world and put aliens in it and then afterwards we have some kind of event system that's taking care that you see interesting stuff um, so that you have the the authored stuff in a good way, and then having the authored stuff in s- such small pieces that we can stitch them together, like you, um, for for example, um, which is not in the video, but you can. There's a chance that you find a shipwreck, and there's a little alien inside, and um, uh, you can. Uh, he asks you to dock, and that's already that's already a branch, so you can dock, and he can send over his minions and rob you or he is really someone who who wants to be rescued and when you have him on board um, he's claiming to be a big ambassador and then the player has to decide 
okay, do I bring him home? Um, so you have him on board, and then then he marks, uh, he gives you a marker on the map where where his home is, and then you make it on your way. And if because you entered a certain kind of seed, or if randomly. Um, an enemy race is all spawned then um, our system is recognizing that you have this little guy on board and sending uh, maybe a bounty hunter to um, and and he not so friendly asks you to hand over this little alien guy and then you again you have to decide so do you do you give him away and uh, please um, and maybe avoid a fight or, or please his race uh, or if it's an ambassador maybe the race is completely pissed um, when you hand him over, and if they own part of the galaxy, you have to cross to get home, then it makes your your life much harder. So you have to decide if you give him away or if you um, if you defend him. And um, yeah, so, so so and from this kind of little stories, we have a lot. So you can dock on a gate. So actually, our game, our, our um, galaxy has some structure. So we want to have uh, some kind of. Um, um, you, you can freely um, jump around in, in one, ne we call that nebula, uh, so in one sector, and the sectors and, uh, are connected by these big gates, um, and the gates are um, occupied by, by aliens, and to, to, you have to use the gates to go forward to the next sector, um, and um, so you have to make friends, and when you make friends, you make foes. So, yeah, but you can dock on a, on a gate and ask for a passage, and then they, they uh, answer something like, okay, we scanned, your car, we scanned your ship, and you have this little um, fat con man uh, in your, uh, with you. Hand him over, and you have a free ride here. Um, and then again, you have to decide, do you hand him over if he's really, uh, maybe he is a big con artist because he's of, um, uh, he's of a race that's, um, you will figure out that there are races that are not the most honest ones, actually. Um, so you might bring him home and then the, his people say, oh, yeah, nice that you brought him, but who is that? <laughs> we, we don't care. He's not a big ambassador like he claimed. So you you cannot always be sure, and and I I think with this super small story pieces stitched together, um, it's like you experience your own story by the decisions you are making and by the crew you have picked. Because if you have uh, we have someone who is good in, in, in linguistics, and if you have her on board, she can ask the guy uh, this guy on board, and you get maybe some more information or a word. And then you can use the word again to discuss with other aliens. So it's it's somehow interwoven, uh, which makes it even for me really beautiful to play because I know all the single pieces, but I don't know um, how which ones are in the game and how they are connected. So can you lose a, a crew member for oh, oh yes permanently yes. or temporarily? Yeah, yeah, both. Um, so, and if the game is really about bringing them home, so you have four crew members, and if, if all four are lost, you lost the game. Um, uh, but uh, we have, for example, there's a slaver race, and um, they they can ask you to hand one crew member crew member uh, over, and then your crew members also have um, opinions about that. So. There's someone who's maybe sacrificing himself for for the rest of the crew, um, or is at least offerings. Um, and so, as said, they have really personalities. So you you also get a little bit of feeling about 
there's Simon, for example. He's a child prodigy. He's a little bit like, um, how to say in English, um, snobby. Um, uh, he, he claims to that he can do a lot, but actually um, his chances of being successful with, with doing stuff is not super high. You will figure that out during the play, and um, he will not offer himself to uh, sacrifice himself for the rest. But uh, yeah, you can. Um, there are also they they bring their little stories. So depending on who you pick, they they might be hidden in the game. A lot of the stuff is hidden actually. Um, you 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 can uh, find stories that are more around them. Oh, that's cool. So so like not everybody is exactly honest in the in the thing. So you could find somebody and they're just completely full of, of BS, right? Like they they tell you stuff to get you to take them along, but then they they really don't have what they said. Yeah, the aliens can definitely do that. Some of them. I mean, you, you, you we we are we are super careful that they have a consistent behavior. So that's not like it's super random. So it's really like you get to know the races and you get to know. Okay, this race is more like they have some con artists. Not all of them, but they have some. This race is super honest. Um, but but that's really what the game is a little bit about to to figure exactly that out. Um, So, uh, can you add more crew members? Like, as as you find them along the way, can you like take some new new crew members with you? No, 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 no. You are you are the only humans um, in in the whole. Uh, uh, there's a reason why why mankind is alone, but I will not tease on that. So, um, you you make this light jump, you end at the other side of the galaxy, and you are the only the only human ship there, and. Um, some of them don't even take you serious because you are just this little tiny ship. So we we really want to have this kind of feeling of homesickness and loneliness and not belonging to the rest. Um, uh, so um, so no, when you lose a crew member, it's it's really lost. Um, you you uh, you have to try to keep them together. Okay, so it's not like you could befriend an alien and then he'll join the crew. Or whatever. No, no, no. That no. As I said, your your main goal is to to reach Earth. That's always the same for each session. So everything in between might completely change. So how the galaxy looks like, which kind of planets you're meeting, which kind of aliens are there, which which stories are there, what kind of items you find, and depending on which crew members you have, what you can do with the items. So if you have an engineer, he can do different stuff to to the items than than, than a researcher or. Um, the pilot can do, or the guy who's better in medicine can do. So, so that that's all um, all different. But the goal to reach Earth is always uh, is always the same. All right. Uh, now, I I'm I'm a little confused on like, can your crew do they have like RPG elements? Do your crew have stats or anything like they can improve as you go on, or is it just like more like you learned a thing about a thing? So now you have that knowledge rather than like a stat. Like you learn, like that one crewman was able to learn about that tablet, for example. Um, is that is that how? Do, so the, can the crew uh, improve themselves, or are they pretty much static as you go through the universe? Oh, well, they are static, but you don't know what they can do. So you you figure that out on the way, and it's not like 
they have internally ah. some kind of statics, but the, uh, stati uh, um, stats, but it's not um, it's not that that they um, they are Im improving like uh, plus five here or minus five there or whatsoever. Um, but you you um, uh, you use them really like uh, on when I describe it in a more abstract way. You use them really like your tools. So what you what you can do in the game, and if you start the same universe again, was completely for a different kind of game uh, uh, people, then you experience different stories because it's branching in a different way. So it's not like. Um, when I presented at the PAX in, in PAX East in Boston, someone said uh, it, it feels a little bit like a reverse RPG because um, at the beginning you have this big fat ship and everything is fine and then you are falling apart and trying to keep it together and getting new devices for your ship. So when it comes to this RPG part, it's more on on the ship side. Um, maybe in the video we, we when, when we... Um, uh, when we enter the ship menu, you you might see that. So um, the ship is um, it has hull, it has uh, um, it has fuel, it has uh, uh, it has different kind of devices, which like like scanners for our resources or the fuel injector or, or the um, the uh, avionic stabilizer in the lander and they can break um, and if they break uh, the ship isn't as good anymore like if the avionic stabilizer of the lander breaks um, the thruster is um, um, is stuttering sometimes which makes it much harder to to fly around especially on high gravity planets and then you have to try to fix that and you can do that with the help of the aliens, or you can maybe find a device to fix that, or you can. Um, and and again, if you find if you find an artifact which might help you to fix something in your ship, it's better to have the engineer on board. If you don't have the engineer, then you maybe fly around and, and try to find um, the alien race that helps you for some resources and um, all the resources you're finding in the game, like from how, from, from, from digging on planets or using your probe for gas when you fly into gas planets, um, you can use in several ways, like tiny rep, re, tiny repairs on your ship hull or, um, refueling the fuel a little bit, but it's, it's better to trade with, with them or to use them for the, for the quests and, um, yeah, so th there are other RPG elements. Um, so it's not like, like you're building the biggest ship and shoot everybody. Actually, sh shooting everybody is not the best idea in our game. Um, so you maybe have to figure out who you shoot and <laughs> who you should avoid. Yeah, I was noticing that uh, in the video, you probably don't want to shoot at a lot of people. Uh, now, speaking of shooting, I don't think the video showed any combat, but like... Is it like is it kind of like Starflight and Star Control? Is when you in that you have one ship and that's your ship and you update that upgrade that ship or can you improve your ship? I'm guessing you probably just keep this ship and keep upgrading it. Exactly, you have you have this one ship, but you can upgrade it. You can put new sh sh uh, you you can put new shields in it. You can get better weapons. Um, and um, the 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 fight itself is, is is yeah I'm not so sure if I would say it's close to um, Star Control or Starflight. I mean they're really old and they're really like completely different. But it's it's from a certain point of view I would say we are a little bit like like pirates um, because you shoot to the side, so it's more like slow ships. Um, 
but the bigger alien ships can can spawn small alien ships like like when you have a big one and and six or seven small ones i unfortunately in this run i didn't had any um i didn't had any encounter with someone who who I wanted to attack or who attacks me, but um, I think in the we had a video. Of, uh, IGN was recording something, and there we have a. Uh, there you can see the, there you can see a fight. Um, so it's more about having the right position um, and waiting for the weapons to reload completely to to fire a full salve salve a full broadside actually. So. Um, yeah, it's um, it's uh, how to say we do we, we always try to find a good balance that's not on that's not too arcadish on one side, so it's a little bit like feeling, also not like a simulator, but it's um, yeah I I think pirates is not so far away from the kind of feeling you have um, maybe a little bit faster with lasers and um, torpedoes and uh, and mines and uh, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, it's hard to describe without having the video or ha having experienced it. But I hope you get a bit a, a bit of an idea. Well, I, w I want to play it so badly, but anyway. Um, so uh, I was curious, what engine are you using? Because I I love how it was just on the video. It'll be a delay for you, but like when you're mining gas and the gas kind of swirls around and gets hoovered like a vacuum cleaner into your. Uh, into your ship. I really like that. And, and the, the, the ship graphics look great. And the, I, I love like the inside of the ship. I have the different stations. So, so which engine are you using to make this game look so pretty? Oh, it's, uh, this is unreal. So it's unreal four. Um, I think we are still on four, eight because we did a lot of stuff by ourselves. Like, uh, maybe you see that in, uh, we should see that now. Um, uh, in Starflight, we have planetary gravity, so we wanted to make flying around in space a little bit more interesting. In most space games, you go from A to B, and that's it. And it takes a lot of time, so we wanted to have some kind of challenge. And um, no, no, I'm jumping too bad. But uh, you can do slingshots and use that instead of wasting too much fuel. So if you go uh, slower um, then, uh, and go close to a planet, then it's really dragging you in. Or if you jump... Then it's also hard. It's also a challenge to jump into the um, into a black hole, for example. There you have. Oh, here here we see the ship. It's unfortunately I'm too fast here, but uh, here's, here's the database, the missions that are running, the words you have, um, the um, the aliens you know. Yeah, um, I really, yeah, I but, really like the interface. I really like the interface a lot. We um, so here you see it a bit. So you see, see the trajectory, and you, when you when you when you steer it, it 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 really feels like you are um, you are in space, and you have to go against uh, against the gravity that's pulling you in. Um, and that's that's also was one of the core pillars we had quite early. But actually, we struggled a lot to make it uh, feel good. Um, so we changed we changed it quite. Uh, quite often so yeah basically it's unreal but with a lot of stuff we did by ourselves was well, a surface generation so the whole all the planets are generated by the computer um and um yeah that's that's part uh, where we use unreal or, or did some pieces by ourselves now are are all, are all the planets procedural generated or are there like some planets in there that are scripted like story focused planets so like it'll be mostly procedurally generated planets with a few story based plants or are they all are they all procedurally generated 
So basically, first of all, we generate everything procedurally and then we pick some of them. Then at the beginning of the video, you see the ruins. So actually, this is a planet that's procedurally generated and the, then uh, for story purpose, the ruin is placed or cities are um, so very often, also in runtime, when a quest appears, we have a quite sophisticated system to find a suitable planet uh, for this quest, um, and then we fill it uh, in the in the moment we 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 have to use it, and then we override some stuff and and uh, add additional stuff. So so actually, it's a mix. Um, we also, from the system itself, we are also able to replace them completely, which we also did. And for the really big ones, uh, big big story parts, we do that. Um, but uh, yeah, I would say eighty eighty percent is, is generated and and uh, quite beautiful already. And then we can use it uh, for story purpose, like putting a shipwreck on it, and then yeah, and then it's there, and you land there, and then the content is. Um, um, so for the ruins, so for example, then the ruins are placed and then in a second step, it's decided what's inside the ruins. There could be nothing. There could be um, just a common item like the ancient plate we just saw, or there could be um, something that's super special and for one quest. With the special stuff, it's always the same that um, for this kind of game, you don't want to waste your um, um, your, your your cool stuff. Just just upfront, you know. Like um, when I experience special stuff, it's like I have seen it once, and then if I see it the second time, it's kind of boring. Um, so we we try to have always a good mixture in one run that we have a lot of um, common stuff and then some some special stuff in in the right moment that you have the feeling you have kind of a story arc. I think someone's mic is open. I don't know who's. Is it me? Might be. Anyway, um, yeah, because I, I like I like how it sounds like even you can be surprised when a, when a galaxy is generated. Oh, oh yeah, that, that's it. I mean, it's it's super worth for presentations. I I really must admit I hate that um, because very often you don't can't show the stuff you want to show or uh, you're distracted by, by other stuff. But um, it's also, um, I mean, I was I was like 15 years with Ubisoft and d- doing strategy games and there you know everything. Um, so, um, yeah, I, I, I really like that. So it, it really feels like, um, yeah, it, it, it even feels good for me. So, so yesterday I let my daughter play uh, and... Um, there were combinations of, of story parts I, I haven't seen yet. I mean, I know what could happen, but then then other stuff is happening and other combinations of stuff is happening. And um, it feels interesting to look at. Um, and as, as you can regenerate the galaxy by the code you're entering, um, I, I think that's, that's the part that's... Um, that's super powerful. Then I, I enter a code, I start to play. Um, maybe the galaxy is super hard. Um, I try with with a certain kind of combination of crew members. I try, and then I can decide to do the, the same the same galaxy again, but with different people. Or I tell a friend that I did this one and couldn't compete complete, and and he tries something. I say, oh, I did that, and then I figured out um, this kind of story part. And when you start the game, you don't know which is the big story part and which is the small ones. 
so it's 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 cluttered it's it's um, there are some gems hidden which you might even haven't seen if you have played two or three sessions uh, and that's something I really like so wait you said uh you start with different people, so can you uh choose your crew before you start the game oh yeah 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 you choose your ship you have different ships you can choose from and you choose your lender there are different lenders like with bigger cargo but a better trill or less good trill but a good probe or better um, better um uh a scanner for rare resources um uh, but not so big jump range so there are, there are different kind of um of ships and you have uh, this 10 crew members uh, we did and and you choose four uh, four of them so that's basically what you do you choose your ship your lander four out of 10 crew members and you enter a code that generates uh, the galaxy yeah so, so and uh, are the crew members the same every time or are they randomly generated as well Oh no! They are uh, what we don't randomly generate is um, the crew members. They have their own personality, and um, uh, so how they react on um, on a relic really depends. An archaeologist does different kind of stuff with relics, and the the pilot doesn't do anything with relics. He has no idea about that. Um, so th- this is not this is not random. Um, but there uh, b- behind that there is a big. Uh, system of, of everything is tagged in the game. The player don't see that, but it's really like okay, this is a te- this is a relic, and um, uh, it belongs to this race, and it is showable, and you can consume it, and you can whatever you can eat it, or <laughs> whatsoever. We tag that with different tags, and depending on the best match, the crew members. Are- oh, here by the way, in the video, we see now the. The ships and uh, the devices that are in a ship. So you also could see empty slots, so you can put more stuff in that. Um, yeah. So the crew members are not random, uh, and and the um, and the aliens and how they behave and the little stories that are not uh, they are not random. Um, we we were we were thinking about that at the beginning, but we figured out it's um, if we want to have this kind of experience, we we loved in Star Control. Um, then it's important that you have co- consistency there. So, um, and it's much cooler to to see these little aliens. We we only co- currently communicate three or four, but there are much much more in it, and we do not want to spoil that because it's such a cool feeling to meet an, a race the first time, and you see that, and then you have to interpret how they react. So. Um, uh, so they are also not randomly generated, and also not how who they like each, uh, how they like like each other. So um, the Glucked, which is a trader race, which we just uh, saw, which is the one you may not trust completely. Um, um, uh, they don't like the slaver race and vice versa. And that's something you you figure out. So I do not want to spell too much about that because it really spoils. Uh, um, the kind of um, experience you have there, um, yeah. But um, as we as we don't pick all the aliens, all the same aliens each run, um, and you have different ones, it's not that you know that right from the start. So maybe one times you have the the slaver rise in, but not the clucked and and vice versa. Only when you have both of them. Um, certain um, quests will happen because there are both of them there. 
Okay, so certain, no, so not every race will be in every game, and so different combinations of things can happen depending on which races uh, have been uh, put into the game when you generate it. Yeah, exactly. So that so how many uh, races are in the game? How many races uh, can you have in a game? And like, how many races are there to choose? How many races are available? Um, so, so we are still implementing and we're still testing how much we put into the game. Uh, the same is true for the size of the galaxy. So currently we can really easy make it more sectors or less sectors and more connections or less connections. And we're currently trying out how much um, content we want to have in one run, how long a run should be. So um, it's more, for us, the goal is important to have uh, maybe a four to six hours uh, flight to Earth, which you maybe not compete in one on, on, in one run, um, and have interesting stuff there and the vivid and, and living kind of feeling of a universe. Um, instead of having a lot of barren land and a lot of planets where you have the feeling, okay, now I drill again here and uh, he, then I drill here. So, so yeah, we're currently experimenting a little bit and we have these parameters about how much events and stuff and quests we put in and um, and um, uh, and we, how big we make the galaxy. So okay, I cannot make a concrete uh, thing there, but we have sure. the stomach feeling that we that we that uh, we at least want to aim for something like two, four to six hours um, a session for one for one run. Um, and that that also uh, that also marks how many aliens we we will have. Um, so we currently separating between three different kind of aliens. One is the empires we call them. That are the ones who are like galactic. So we see the galaxy map here and the sectors which looks like nebulars, and um, it's not where we were. There is Earth, um, and they are connected by. Um, uh, we see that by the gates. Uh, yeah, those are very thin lines, not very visible here in this video. Um, and um, yeah, so we have the empires, and the empires are intergalactic and 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 uh, everywhere. And then we have the civilizations, which are more like smaller alien um, aliens, which sometimes come only for stories, or, or like we have one race that is more like. Yeah, how to say that? They are, they have a they have a laboratory and they experiment a lot with uh, other aliens and on them on themselves. Um, so they are not an empire, but they might be there with just one laboratory. And the third category, we have natives that are um, only on a planet and don't see fair and maybe don't understand you at all. Um, and yeah, some of them you might be able to make a bargain by. Offering some crap and getting the good stuff from them, <laughs> but uh, uh, but it can happen that they they belong to or they are under protection of an empire, and then you pissed maybe a complete empire because you cheated on their yeah I wouldn't wouldn't say pets, but on their protected um, um, yeah on our protected planets. You can also, I mean, at the start of the video, we saw a, a ruin and we could uh, get the ancient artifact there, um, the, the, the ancient uh, plate. But if it's already a decision, if you take it and this is a sacred planet of a race, then and, and they they meet you in space and scan your cargo and you have that on board, that's maybe not the best thing for you. So, yeah. 
Um, so th that's uh, yeah, the concrete number I don't have currently, but I, I think we're around 20 was all in all um, races. That's, that's pretty great. Now, um, once the game is released, might you release more races as expansions? Like, would that be a plan? Oh, but, yeah. For example? What we... What we what we can do really easily with this game is adding more stories for the existing ones, adding more more races, adding even planet types if we want. But that really depends a little bit on the on the financial success. Um, as I said, we are a small team, and um, it's in in this configuration our our first game. Um, yeah, but uh, we would see. But the plan is, and we would already have a plan that we could extend that um, quite easily. That sounds pretty awesome. Uh, I'm kind of running. I'm kind of out of questions. What about you guys? No, I'm, oh, man, I'm really excited to get my hands on it and play it. Play it. We really do, especially me. I think because I'm the Starflight nut, like nut. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I really think what what we're currently doing is here at Nordic uh, Game Conference. It's the first time that we give hands on, so we. We will. We are uh, Hannes and me. We are. We are here, and um, yeah, we are pretty excited and scared at the same time because we will let people um, play the game, and then then we will see what's working and what's not. And I, I think actually we want to give it something like at least one more month to polish uh, things. Like we know that some of the controls are not super perfect and not consistent, so it's really nice that you said that. But I know it's not. <laughs> um, so sometimes well, the buttons yeah. are not 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 uh, um, um, matched uh, as as it should be. So that's what we want to change. And then we we really want to have some some hardcore nerds playing it and giving us feedback. And uh, I'm I'm uh -oh. definitely think we should right put here. you on the list right here. Yeah. Because, hardcore, um, be us. hardcore nerds, <laughs> hardcore nerds have played every game you've mentioned. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't get much more uh, more than this. Now let me let me I, ask you one really thing. I think that's something. There's really something that that can that can help. So um, yeah. We, now let uh, me ask you something. Did you guys play Protostar, the unofficial Starflight Three? Because I noticed one thing in here is that you could talk to your crew members while you're flying around, and Starflight One Two did not have that, but Protostar did, and I thought that was really neat. So did you guys? Did you guys maybe take that from that? Oh no, I haven't. I haven't seen that. Actually, this this conversation came more from. Um, w we made this game really, really super iterative. So we we changed something, and then we figure out okay, it's it's not working, and then we change it again, and then we figure out okay, we have to to rewrite the galaxy generation because we have this new feature, and the galaxy generation had to uh, had to reflect that. And um, for this feature, it was more like, okay, we are needing communicate. The question always is how we give feedback to the player for certain things. And we have this, what you're currently seeing is, is where you put the words together and, and hope that the alien is interpreting it in the right way. Um, so we had this kind of communication channel. Then we have this, in, um, this little messages on the right side that, that comes like when you get, a new word or when a quest started or when what whatsoever or, or when an alien gets pissed of you um but what we were lacking is a little bit like hints and stuff the player um 
uh, can currently do and and then i implemented something like that the crew is taking a look on the ship and then every crew member can say something about the uh, status of the ship like oh we really have to repair the hull something like that and and it it was it was fun and interesting but um um in i think it was really something in, in a weekend i i had this strange idea that they they should react on each other because we wanted to have this personality and having you really caring about the crew members and um yeah and and then then i implemented something like they said something about the ship and then they could react on on um um, on each other so it's really like if the pilot is saying something and the astronaut is answering to that um to the subject and that felt I, I did this by knowing it would generate a lot of text and Richard saw it <laughs> in, in the rough state it was <laughs> in and he fell in love with that and yeah that was a moment where we couldn't we couldn't <laughs> remove it anymore so uh, yeah there yeah, are no, no it's in and actually it, it feels really good because it gives you um, it, it has two reasons now so it gives you the, the feedback we wanted to give and you get a lot bigger feeling about your crew so there is sometimes a pilot saying something like oh i have to check the lander and and we have the team she's an astronaut she's something like um oh i will coming with you and you will figure out that maybe they have something uh, with each other so it's 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 really like it, it transports a lot of this kind of space opera kind of feeling being on board we were in the moment we were working on that, we were also in the cinema and watching uh, The Martian. So um, actually, I I, I wrote uh, I I read The Martian um, in the moment when we started the game. So it has also some kind of influence and having this kind of mocking each other scientists on board on a on a spaceship. This kind of feeling. Uh, this this message system helped a lot to um, to force that. Yeah, talk yeah, about a great film, The Martian. Oh, that's a great film. No, I was going to say is a lot of games, like when you have a party, they don't interact with each other, which is really nice. Like maybe there's Jag- the Jagged Alliance games and what maybe the Baldur's Gate games. And that's really it that I can think of where you have a party of, of characters that interact with each other. Maybe Wizardry or mag- Might and Magic, but that's really it. So it's, I, I liked that. The crew members were interacting both with you and each other. They really yeah. added it uh, gives, flavor. It gives, yeah, it's and it gives really the feeling of having um, a living a living thing there. So it's not like, um, yeah, it's it's really like having 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 a living. It's it's not like everything is reacting on you. It's like there's life going on even if you are not there. Exactly, which is really nice. Uh, I think we're gonna wrap it up. Yeah, I mean, you've had a long day, man. You sound tired, so I think we're gonna wrap it up. What's I mean, what time is it where you are? In uh, currently, right it's uh, four a.m. Oh Jesus! Okay, we're gonna go, guys. Yeah, go to bed. Dude. Oh my God, get some sleep. Uh yeah. So uh, I want to thank you, Andreas. I mean, we were trying to set this up, guys, for months. So it's really nice that we finally got to talk to you, and we really want to play this. It sounds really awesome. So, guys, it's the long journey home. Uh, it should be available, not even in early access, just boom, 1.0 later this year. And, uh, the website is, what is it? TLJ, TLJH game. 
I'll put the link in the show notes, but it's tljhgame.com, like the long journey home game.com. And this is not only coming for Steam, but it looks like PS4 and Xbox One as well. So uh, this isn't just a PC only game. Yeah. Um, so, folks, next week on the show, uh, we're going to be bringing back uh, our friend, uh, what's his name, John? God, I'm, my brain is melting. Talk about Ascent the Space Game. Remember that? It actually left early access. We had him on, I think, two years ago. Uh, even pre-Steam. So uh, we're going to be talking about Ascent the Space Game, the other space MMO uh, besides Elite and maybe Vendetta Online <laughs> and EVE. Um, and Star Trek. And Star Trek. Oh, and my God. Out. What? So many games. I know. It's great. I wish we just had time to play them all. It's so great. But uh, And Thursday, right now... Because uh, we're doing the poll thing right now, right now, Stellaris and Universal Combat are tied, you guys, for Thursday, <laughs> which is pretty funny. So, uh, I hope Universal Combat wins. I really do. I don't know if you voted yet, but go over and vote because you know it's it's totally tied right now between Stellaris and multiplayer and <laughs> Universal Combat. So, uh, this will come out before the poll closes, so definitely head over to SpaceGameJunkie.com and make your voice heard. Uh, but thank you guys for listening and watching. Andreas, thank you so much for talking to us sure. in the middle of the night. We, we do it again when we uh, when we have a playable version and you played it, and then, then we oh, do it yeah. again. Oh, yeah. We will definitely have you back. No questions there. Well, thank you, uh, everyone, for listening and watching, and we will see you next week. Good night. Good night.